Hello, and welcome to the Objective Health Show. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the studio is Doug, Tiffany, and behind the wheels of steel is Damien. Hello. Hello. So welcome all to another exciting edition of Objective Health. Today, we are going to talk about being afraid. Is fear of COVID making you sick? And uh, for those that um, may not be aware, there's a lot of fear mongering going on out there. Uh, if you turn on your TV at any time of day, you will be inundated with it. So we're going to kind of go through this idea of this fear indoctrination and how the lamestream media and other publications are really pushing the fear like no nothing else. And uh, so what do you guys think? Is, is this a fear campaign going on? Uh, Most definitely. Yeah. I don't see how anyone could disagree that it would be, it's anything other than what it is. I, there's a, I guess in media circles, there's a, they have a saying, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. So people are more likely to tune in or buy a newspaper if there is something in it that makes them fearful, it catches their attention. Um, yeah, so if you just turn on your TV, it's just nonstop COVID talk. And especially on CNN, if anybody actually even still watches that network, <laughs> they had uh, the, the death tallies up in the corner, the cases, and there's no uh, discussion of how they come about getting these numbers of the death tallies and the cases. It's just all designed to make you afraid. And with that fear, I think comes more acceptance of taking a pretty controversial application of a injection, mm -hmm. we should probably call it, because it's coming to light that it traditionally, in the sense of the word, is not even a vaccine. So I like injection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it's not even just the news broadcasts. I mean, if you're watching just a TV show, there'll be a commercial that's coming on saying like how we all have to protect each other. Or I thought I was safe just because I went to a barbecue. There weren't going to be that many people there. And all these different scenarios where people thought they were safe and lo and behold, they got grandma sick or they came down <laughs> with COVID. I mean, it's just so blatantly obvious if you're paying attention. Yeah. And the whole idea of people now being asymptomatic carriers, I think is also another thing. So you're not showing any symptoms, but you still may be a carrier. So it's all this language that's really used to kind of put people in that fight or flight state, you know, and, and really not think clearly at all about what they're being told and the narrative they're being fed. Well, one of my big questions throughout all of this is like, where did people in general lose their common sense as to think that if you feel fine and you don't have a fever or cough or sniffles or runny nose or anything, that you're sick? I mean, it used to be like, if you felt fine, you weren't sick. When did that change? Oh, right around December. <laughs> Somewhere around People there. just forgot what they've been doing 
and you know basing their entire life on we can tell when we're sick and we can tell when we're not but all of a sudden we can't yeah it's ridiculous i mean it's the, the the idea that if if all the pcr tests dropped off the face of the planet at the same time mm -hmm. the plague would disappear there is no yeah. there is no covid epidemic because you don't know and even if you do get i mean we all know that the the pcr tests are garbage anyway but like you know if it weren't for these tests there would be no such thing there would be nothing mm -hmm. for the media to hype up and no one would know that they're sick except for the odd person, the older people who might have something that looks suspiciously like a flu or a bad cold, which, you know, sometimes people die of those things as well. So, yeah, it really, yeah, anyway. Well, if, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> come back to me. It'll come back to me. Well, maybe we should bring up the, um, the nocebo effect. So I don't know if people out there know what a nocebo is, but it's kind of the antithesis of a placebo, where placebo is, you know, you give somebody um, a benign pill or shot or medication of some kind that has no active ingredient. So it's not actually um, a, uh, a medical um, intervention, uh, but you don't tell them that. And then that way they can test, you know, if you get some symptoms or something like that, and they, they, can, they can test that against the actual intervention to see kind of to, to test how effective the drug actually is. Well, the nocebo effect is kind of the, the opposite idea where um, people will have negative effects from something, be it uh, a medical intervention or wh whatever the case may be. Um, so the idea here is that we're thinking about the nocebo effect in related in relation to COVID, the whole idea that that these the fear and the constant um, inundation with uh, news about this, having it always on your mind, is actually having a negative effect on people over and above what they would have if they actually got COVID. Um, or anything for that matter, you know, the lockdowns, the isolation, all these things is that actually having more of a negative effect on people than the actual disease would? My thought is, yes, it probably is for, for most people. If you consider the number of, sorry, go ahead, Tiff. No, I was just going to agree with you because it seems to be like that is the entire raison d'etre of these people that actually put this whole COVID thing into, into play. I mean, if fear didn't work, I mean, it's not just with COVID, but it's with every other viral scare that they've pushed out over the last hundred years or whatever. If fear didn't work, they wouldn't keep using it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, the, the fear, they have shown that stress and fear actually does lower your immune system. You know, especially if it's kind of a chronic situation where you're always afraid, you're always under this stress. Um, it actually does like, you know, th th this isn't controversial at this point. It's been, there's been many studies that have shown this. Um, there's even uh, somebody was telling me recently about a, a, a study that actually where they found there is a direct connection between the immune system and the central nervous system. So literally there is a pathway for what you think affecting your immune system. So, I mean, you know, people who are putting this on aren't stupid, right? They know, they know this kind of stuff. They, they, this kind mm -hmm. of research has been around for, for, you know, many, many years at this point. So, well, there are, go on. 
there was a, a research study that was done on the nocebo effect. And I guess there was one of the study participants who was in his 20s and he was actually in the placebo group. So he had a bunch of sugar pills. He was in a, a, a study that was uh, looking at the effectiveness of an antidepressant. So I guess he was feeling suicidal and he decided to overdose, but he overdosed on the sugar pills, but he still had the same physiological reaction that one would expect when someone overdoses, like his blood pressure dropped. They had to give him like supportive therapies in the hospital. But then when he found out that he took the sugar pills, all of his symptoms went away. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's uh, some subconscious mechanism that we certainly don't have control of, but it just goes to show how strong belief is when it comes to uh, matters of health and wellness. Yeah, I mean, they've seen, you know, there's documented cases of people getting fevers through mm -hmm. the nocebo effect, which is probably like the most um, objective way to analyze it. It's not like, oh, yeah, I've got a headache or, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling so good. You know, a fever is, is there's an objective measure there. Your temperature has actually gone up. Um, mm -hmm. They've shown, I think the, the one you're talking about, actually, Tiff, they said that um, the guy's blood pressure dropped. Mm -hmm. um, precipitously so it's you know it, it, it is there are actual physical effects here it's not just kind of like oh i think that i took a um a medication and now i think i'm experiencing side effects it's like no there are actually measurable physiological effects going on here and i'm sure that the people at the top know that this is a very powerful effect and they put it to use quite frequently but um, the one thing about stoking fear and drumming up the fear within people is when you're in that fight or flight state or in that very strong fear state, you don't have the power to think rationally. All you can think about is your own survival and you'll do anything to make that feeling of uh, this impending doom go away and you'll be open to whatever anyone suggests to you in order to alleviate the situation that you're in. So I think that is why they were able, especially in the beginning, in March of 2020, when this all first broke out, they were able to get away with all the lockdowns and the business closures because people were that afraid. Yeah. And then as time went on, the fear went down. They actually noticed that the fear went down. And so they have to say, oh, we have a new strain that's more deadly when all the, uh, the scientists in the UK said, no, it's not more deadly, but they still went with that. And now it's just become one ridiculous situation after the other just to keep people in fear so they will be more likely to give up their freedoms. And I think, you know, it's not... Go on, Erica. Oh, I was just going to say, I think even... For the individual, if they, you know, turn off their TV and, and kind of turn off the fear programming, when you go outside and you deal with everyday life, seeing people wearing masks, seeing people social distancing, it's almost like it, it reaffirms that. So even though your conscious mind is telling you, well, I know this is not something that I should be afraid of. When you see all of your quote unquote peers mm -hmm. doing it, all of a sudden you're, you start to second guess yourself or you feel like, well, maybe I'm being a little too willy nilly and maybe I should just go along. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so there's multiple ways to 
get you back into that fear mindset. Well, I think that's one of the the big reasons that masks are being have been mandated is to keep people in the having the perception that there's something deadly going around. Because if you didn't watch TV and nobody wore masks, you wouldn't think that anything was going on if you went out. No, because nothing is going on. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think it's it's, you know, fear is certainly one of the things, but it's also, I think, um, depression, anxiety. Mm That kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the whole thing, like all the isolation, right? Like the, the, everybody has to lock into their homes and you can only leave for X number of reasons. And, you know, that can really wear people down, even though it might not be as like, you know, um, overwhelming as, as a fear would be. I think just that constant drag, this constant Mm -hmm. sort of negative I can't see my friends. I can't see my family. Um, you know, ev- like everybody being in masks as well. Like, you know, you can't see people's faces anymore. It's mm-hmm. just, it really is like your only connection to anything is like media at this point. And th- I think that really, that kind of disconnection that's going on there is also um, certainly going to be tied to immune function and mm-hmm. and could very well... I mean, people who are depressed get more sick. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, that's, again, not a controversial statement. Well, and one of the sad things about that, Doug, like even if you don't believe the hype, you still go out and you see that the all the people around you are affected. They're afraid. They don't want to come and hang out with you. They're wearing a mask. <laughs> if they happen to drive by your house and just want to, you know, drop something off or something, they're still affected. So you're affected even though yeah you'd be totally fine with just hanging out with somebody just business as usual like before covid but the fact that everyone around you has bought into it i mean you have to be even more vigilant and kind of take care of your own mental health in order to get through what's happening but you will still be susceptible to becoming ill because you have to deal with the stress of seeing everybody else stressed out for Absolutely. no reason. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, stress is contagious, right? Like it, yeah. it really is. You could be going along having a humdinger of a day, totally pleased as punch. And if you get into a situation where the people around you are very stressed out, very afraid, very depressed, mm-hmm. whatever the thing, it brings you right down, right? So yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, you invite somebody over and they'll only hang out on your front lawn and stay two meters away and mask the entire time. I mean, that's like, that's not conducive to like a normal social interaction. It's like there's this elephant in the room that's always there no matter what you're talking about. It's kind of like, why are we standing so far apart? And why can't we go into my living room and sit down? (laughs) Well, and if you try and kind of also be a voice of reason, um, especially if people really have no idea, like uh, we're starting to see this a lot. Like, you know, we've been looking at these kinds of things for many years. So it's pretty easy for us to discern like what's going on in that sense. Like you can kind of see the wording and the, the technology that they use, but for people that are just kind of just now finding this and asking questions, like 
you start to sound like a crazy person, you know, <laughs> like, oh, they're just, you know, my big joke these days is like, oh, make sure you wear your muzzle when you go outside. And right. sometimes I get really nasty looks like, well, it's not a muzzle. And <laughs> you know I mean, but in a sense, it is like keep your mouth shut, you know, don't speak out and just mm -hmm. go along to get along and those kinds of things. So for people that are aware and that are trying to raise awareness about this, it can be a slippery slope. And sometimes you feel just really defeated, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, I personally am going to stand on my feet, and not be on my knees, but uh, that's just me, you know, mm -hmm. but I, but you can alienate yourself very quickly from yeah. people in doing that. Well, there was an article. Um, it was both on the conversation and the independent. Um, yeah. And it was called, well, on the independent it was called can constantly reading about COVID-19 make you think you have it. And that was interesting because it does go into the kind of the nocebo effect. And th what they were basically saying is that they gave lots of different uh, examples of nocebo effects that have happened um, that they've documented in the past. And then they're kind of speculating that maybe a lot of the people who think that they've got COVID because they're reading about it all the time and reading about the symptoms and worried about it constantly actually don't have it at all. You know, and yeah. they they mentioned fever. You know that that fever is kind of an objective uh, object, objective measure where uh, they've actually documented that the nocebo effect can cause a fever, and all these kinds of things. You know, more subjective things like losing your sense of smell. You know, I'm sure if you're kind of in the right kind of mind frame, you could easily convince yourself that you can't smell anymore, or mm -hmm. you know, suddenly develop a cough or that kind of thing. So it's it's actually possible that these kinds of, you know, this, this fear is actually making you think you've got COVID when you don't actually have COVID. And then the PCR tests, as we said before, aren't really any kind of help because they give you false positives constantly. So I wonder, like, you know, <laughs> how many people out there actually think that they've had COVID or thought, think that they have it right now and they actually don't. They actually have no, no issues whatsoever. It literally is all in their head. Yeah. And that's the such the most insidious thing about this whole COVID campaign. I still marvel at the fact that so many people have bought into it. I mean, looking at it from the other side is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant maneuver on their part. Like yeah. they're, they're very clever and getting this thing out. I mean, of course they own all the media and they have the power to censor anybody who says anything different, but the fact that they carried it off and the fact that people fell for it, I mean, it still does my head in sometimes. Yeah. And how open-ended it is. So like a really good example is, were we ever told, you know, we were kind of, it was implied that once the vaccine came out, like you wouldn't be able to wear the mask. And now we've had the vaccine out for what, about a month. And we have like articles of Fauci saying, what, well, you got to wear two masks now. And <laughs> like, I mean, and so it's kind of like this open-ended like it's never going to change. Like it doesn't matter if everyone gets the vaccine and t 27 doses and you wear 10 masks and you still social, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they've created the scenario to such a point where 
is never going to end. Like it's just, it's ongoing and, you know, we could speculate about I what wonder, the intention actually. is of that. <laughs> I do wonder, there has to be, I mean, it's, you were kind of saying this before, Tiff, about them having to kind of like come up with new things and there's a deadlier strain mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I just think there's got to be a statute of limitations on this sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. that at some point people are going to be like, you know, I still don't know anybody who's died of this thing. And like, I'm wearing my 14 masks and <laughs> I'm staying in my house except for one hour a day when I walk my dog. And, you know, is this thing really like, like there's a level, there's a certain point at which it becomes normalized, right? Where people mm-hmm. aren't as afraid anymore because it just becomes the way things are done. So are they just going to keep on inventing new things for people to be more afraid of? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think so? I'm well? with Tiff. All right. I do. I, I, I think so. You can go for Sterica. Oh, well, you know, even just today, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but like, oh, well, dogs and cats may have it now and they may be carriers. <laughs> and, you know, so forget that one hour of walking your dog outside. What if the neighbor's dog has it? Give oh, it to God. your dog. And, you know, I mean, it's just it, it's absurdity. It's insanity and absurdity. But yeah, well, it, it's not obviously for the benefit of anybody's health. I mean, judging from the topics that we've covered on this show for the last five years, obviously the government does not care about our health. They happen to, like if you would say, oh, they're not, they're just doing it for money, but how do they always happen to recommend or produce the thing that will just make us sicker? That's not a coincidence, (laughs) but, um, uh, it's obviously to push forward a certain agenda, like the Great Reset or whatever they're calling it these days, the Fourth Industrial Rev- Revolution. Yeah. Whatever. Technocracy. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Agenda 2030. Yeah. Whatever psychopathic utopia they have planned. <laughs> this is just a means to get them there. Like all of a sudden now they're having troops, you know, come out to help distribute these vaccines. And I think there was an article on SOP today, they were talking about that. Um, they wanted to prepare, yeah, the prepare to deploy order and FEMA's asking the Pentagon to ready as many as 10,000 troops to support this nationwide vaccine push. But all throughout the article, they're talking to these- uh, Governors. Governors, yeah. These yeah. governors and uh, people who work for the uh, departments of health and they're saying, oh, we have the facilities. We don't really need any help. We just need more vaccines, whether you agree with getting the vaccines out or anything. So they want, the government wants to have troops on the ground for some reason for this, whatever, you know, utopia that they're planning to push out. So it's not about, oh, we need to help them you know, get shots into people's arms. They want the troops on the ground for some other reason that is not necessarily COVID related. So it's all really just a way for them to get whatever they need in place while they're scaring everybody with the COVID. Yeah. So solutions. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Don't be scared. Yeah, don't be scared, obviously. (laughs) But... This is something that's been on my mind for a while now. Like, what can we do 
about this because you can try to spread the word and people are spreading the word. Like it's not as if during like other fascistic or communist takeovers or revolutions, cultural revolutions like the Bolshevik revolution or the communist takeover in China. I'm sure that there were people speaking up about it and those events still occurred. You try to wake people up and some people are so inured by the, the matrix that they don't want to be woken up. So if you know what's going on, like what can you do? And I'm thinking about this on like kind of more of a, a spiritual level. Like if there is some negative entity out there that is actually feeding on all the negativity that's going on currently, like, how do you stop that? And the only thing that I could come up with is to stop feeding it, take away its food, turn your back on it, not just physically, but emotionally. Like, one of the questions I had, like, all these different mandates come out, all these new laws, all these gigantic lies that they're spreading. Uh, and we just analyze it and we react and we try to come up with the best ways to point out this lie and then oh they're lying this way now like that is still feeding the beast mm. in a certain way yeah like because it, it's gonna have it. to yeah it's gonna have to come to a point where we say okay screw these guys screw what you want to do I'm not invested in this anymore. I'm just going to do my thing, make myself better, get together with like-minded people, and we'll create our own communities. And you guys can just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's not that you're going to, like, ignore it or uh, try and live in denial, act like it doesn't exist. I mean, you're very well aware that it exists and it's happening, but mm -hmm. you have to cut off the energy supply. Exactly. I think a sense of humor helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, it's kind of, hilarious. It is hilarious. If you look at it from their perspective, it is really funny. Like it just, you know, every mandate that comes out is more and more ridiculous constantly. I mean, Fauci saying you have to wear two masks now. Like, it's just so hilarious. Oh. It's just, you and know, that now, was actually a Babylon Bee article. You know, yeah. they actually had that in the Babylon Bee. And it's like somebody looked at the Babylon Bee and said, hey, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Mm -hmm. And you know what else is hilarious? What? <laughs> in China now, they're introducing anal swabs. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That and Just... the tripling and quadrupling your mass. Those are the funniest things I've come across this week. <laughs> Well, we do have a little clip that, that um, oh, I wanted yeah. to share, um, which, so which is <laughs> kind of a good outro because it is solution oriented. And I just wanted to give just a quick background before we play it. So this is Dr. David Martin, and he was uh, featured in the documentary Plandemic. And he recently wrote uh, what's called the Fauci COVID-19 dossier, which is over 200 pages. And he's been studying like the NIH and patents and for 22 years. And so he's like, for me, this is not surprising. I've kind of seen this coming, but he had some really good words of wisdom that I found helpful. So 
uh, Damien, if you'd like, could you pull up that clip? It's just a few minutes, but it's it's uh, it's on a podcast called The Ripple Effect, and this was the uh, 19th of January. Right. Every generation has its own hyperbolic, bigger than life, nonsense fear campaign, which then gives rise to a march in by irrational agencies, government, you know, forces and whatnot to come in and say, you should be afraid. And by the way, now that you're afraid, we are going to deprive you of certain things. And so when people get all excited about what's going on right now, I remind them that this is to our generation what, you know, the Cold War was, you know, or, or whatever else. Like we had gas shortages and we had this and we had that and we had, and, and I guess the, the, the core is that we seem to not get the message that as long as we reflexively fall for the fear campaign, people who want to use fear campaigns will keep using them. It's on us to stop being fearful. It's not on them to stop using a utility that works, right? As long as we let fear work, and whether it's climate change, whether it's, you know, nuclear holocaust, whether it is, you know, a pathogen that was or wasn't created or not created from a Chinese or a North Carolina lab, at the end of the day, you know, there is no benefit in having a conversation about this event unless we actually understand the anatomy of how evil works. And evil will always work by making sure that you get into a reflexive, fear-based trigger state rather than a conscious considered state. Because if we got into a conscious considered state, we'd realize that, you know, yeah, there's probably a bunch of pathogens floating around. I don't know, maybe there are. There's probably a bunch of environmental toxins that are floating around. I probably am not going out on any limbs there. There's probably a lot of things going on that have no business going on in our society, in our world. And the fact of the matter is, if we fall for fear rather than engaging in consciousness, it'll work again. And we'll just have the revolving door of the fear campaign. And that revolving door will be persistent. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the gist of it. That's the gist. <laughs> good, good uh, well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so don't don't uh, succumb to the fear, folks. You know, turn off your TV, go outside, meet with some friends, unmask, unsanitize. <laughs> Roll around in the dirt. Yeah. Because <laughs> like you said, you know, it only works if you're an agreeing participant of it, mm -hmm. you know, so... Yeah, and there's really not much to be gained by sitting around and playing the victim in any situation. Say, oh, they're so evil. Look at all this evil stuff they're doing to us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true, but you still have to live your life. And are you going to grow from this? Or are you just going to sit there and talk about how evil people are all the time? Yeah. Exactly. So fear not. Yes. Fear not. And tune in. Tune in. And uh, we'll hopefully add some levity to all these topics. <laughs> so uh, thank you to my co-hosts. Thank you to all of our listeners. And please like and share. 
with your friends. And um, we look forward to seeing you again. Uh, have a wonderful day. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.